I'm so excited about this weekend. Who's excited about this weekend? Nice. Next generation. Wow. Is that me, Pastor Alex? Am I the next gen? That's cool. Uh, on the border. Um, I'm excited about it because we're all about just celebrating our young people and then also just celebrating what God is doing in this next generation of young people. And uh, my name is Ramon. If we haven't met before, um, I am the youth pastor and announced last week the young adults pastor as well. And so Nathan and Lynette are actually watching this. Uh, and you haven't heard the announcement from last last week. They're stepping into our online sphere as a church and they're going to do an awesome job. And Bronte and myself are taking on the young adults ministry, which we're very excited about. So if you're a young adult or if you're a youth, come say hello to us and we'll love to chat and see what uh, is going on in your life and uh, see what we can do to help and encourage and support you. Um, been doing, the, been part of this church for almost coming up to 15 years, I think. So cool, right? I love this church. This is our, this is our family. And uh, Bronte's actually at home unwell. And there are a couple people that are home unwell at the moment. So I just thought, before we go any further, just pray for all the people that are watching online that are unwell. Maybe you're here in the building right now, and maybe you are also unwell. You've got a sickness or something. I'd love to pray for you. So if that's you, why don't you raise your hands just in front of you, and I'll pray for all the people that are watching online that are sick. Father God, right now we just pray in Jesus' name that every person that is sick in body right now, God, I pray that there is just a great sense of your presence there. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that there is healing as well, God. I pray for a quick, quick recovery in Jesus' name, every, any sickness, God. God, I pray that you put that aside, God, and give them strength, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Also, a bit, bit of shout-outs. It is uh, Camille's birthday today. Happy birthday, Camille. It is also Beatrice's birthday. Is that right, Beatrice? Come on, give it up for Beatrice, one of our awesome youth leaders as well, and Pastor Mark at Limbrook. We got birthdays. Anyone else's birthday today? Oh, happy birthday. So, so good. Nice. We love that. We love that. Anyways, we're going get, to get to it, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to preach instead of just chatting. I love chatting, so anyways, we're going we're gonna to preach. Um, 1 Samuel 14, 31 to 35. Why don't you open your Bibles while you're getting that ready? Um, I'm excited about what our church is doing. Few, uh, few testimonies. Our, young, uh, our youth ministry has just gone from strength to strength. Last week, we, uh, we actually, our youth ministry led the region in Youth Alive. And uh, Pastor Matt said this last week, but we saw 102 salvations. Not people, but first-time decisions, 30 of them, and recommitments. 102 in the southeast of Melbourne. And that's exciting. That's exciting that God is building his kingdom. Awesome. Let's read this. And they struck down the Philistines that day. Mishrash to Agilion. And the people were very faint. And the people pronounced... Uh, Pounced on the spoil and took the sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them to the ground. And the people ate them, ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, Behold, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with blood. And he said, You have dealt treacherously. Roll great stone to me here. And Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, Let every man bring his ox or sheep and slaughter them here and eat. And do not sin against the Lord by eating the blood. So every one of the people brought the ox to him that night. 
And they slaughtered everyone there. And Saul built an altar to the Lord, and it was the first altar he built to the Lord. I was reading this at the start of this year, and I was so fascinated that Saul built an altar to the Lord in this very moment for the first time. It got me so fascinated because this guy, Saul, was king. He was anointed as king. He didn't build an altar then. He waited. He waited. And in this very moment, he built an altar. Why did he wait so long to build an altar to God? Anyone else has that question? I definitely did. I definitely did because I don't understand why he waited so long. And I really believe that it talks about his personality. It talks about the reason why he lost the anointing of God. Because he didn't actually build the altar for God. He did it out of response of this situation. And my first point this morning that I want to talk about, first of all, is altars are made to be built. They have to be built. If you don't build altars to God, there's nothing that you can actually point back to God. See, building altars takes time. It takes sacrifice. It takes resource. It takes time to build altars. And the thing about altars is not just a particular object, but it is a thing that directs humans to God. It's a connection point between us and the Lord. So if we're not building it, what are we doing? What are we doing? Any builders in the room? Chippies? Electricians? Anyone? I can say that I am a builder uh, because I renovated my house over COVID. Um, and the thing with renovating a house or building a house, as I would know because I'm a builder, um, <laughs> it takes a lot of time, a lot of research, you know, a lot of YouTube. There's only so much that you could do with YouTube, and um, that is the reason why after two years of renovating this house, I am still renovating this house. <laughs> Bronte's at home watching right now, and uh, she's in uh, probably in our living room, probably, or in our kitchen. Our kitchen's about 90% done. There's still some cupboards that are open, and our dog's getting into it all the time, and so um, it takes time to build things. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not a quick process, and I believe in this generation, this next generation that we have, we want to see things instantly. We want to see things done straight away. We want to see things happen in an instant, and sometimes we forget that sometimes, and most of the time, things take time. Things that are internal take time. You know, relationships doesn't happen overnight. Relationships actually need some time and sacrifice to be built. And I believe that when we come to an altar, when we see the picture of an altar, sometimes the background of that altar has a story. It has some time and sacrifice and resource put in it. See, Saul built this altar for the first time. Not because he planned to, but it was in a response 
for the, what the army did. Bit of, uh, bit of background in Leviticus 17.10, the Lord puts out the reasons why and the laws. And there is a law that the Lord said you cannot eat um, with blood. And that's the reason why the enemy, the, the army, was doing something wrong because they, they slaughtered it and they were eating it. So he's, he did it out of response for himself because he was scared that he was going to lose the anointing as king. He didn't do it because he loved the Lord. He didn't do it because he did it proactively. He did it out of response. Why didn't he build this altar at the start? He did it out of response of what the army did. See, our relationship with God does just not happen. Relationships need work. Relationships need sacrifice. We can't go through life without pointing ourselves back to our creator. We need to, throughout our lives, be building altars. We need to be building sacrifices to the Lord. We need to be pointing our lives back to God. How many times in life do we go and make decisions without praying about it? How many times do we go through life and we make a really big decision without bringing it to God? How many times do we just do things in life forgetting about that first thing that God has done for us? We need to be building altars. Altars need to be built. Altars need to be built. You can start and continue to build it. I, I love, as soon as David was anointed as king, he built an altar to God. He built an altar to God. Ab Abraham, in Genesis 12, verse 7, it says, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. David, in 2 Samuel 24, 18, it says, And God came that day to David and said to him, Go up and raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arunah the Jebusite. He built an altar there. And this leads to my second point. Don't just build for now, but build for tomorrow. Don't just build for today, but build for tomorrow. See, the, when, 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 Dave, uh, when David was there and God told him to go raise an altar, he built an altar to God in that moment. What he didn't realize, and Pastor Matt spoke about this, and I know Pastor Alex spoke about this last week in his offering message, that that altar that was built on the threshing floor, that became the temple. They didn't understand what they were doing when they built that altar, but they were building it for tomorrow, not for themselves in that moment, not as a response like Saul did to something that the army was doing, but they built it out of, out of love and out of obligation to the Lord. But what they didn't understand is they were building it for tomorrow. I love abandoned buildings. I love just going on YouTube and searching out abandoned buildings. Who likes abandoned buildings? There's a couple of people here. It's a thing, right? It's a, it is a thing. The reason why I love abandoned buildings is because there's a story behind it. It's because there's a story behind abandoned buildings. 
The reason why I get so fascinated about it is because someone had an idea to build a building in this particular place. They got all the architects together. They got all the builders together. They put it to it. They had a vision. They had a dream, and they built it. But now it's gone, and it's not in use. And I get so fascinated. What happened between when that person designed it and built it to it being abandoned? Swimming pools. Crazy, right? There's just like no water in it. It's just so fascinating. <laughs> Anyone else? No, nah, just me. I just get so fa- What happened between the moment that they created it to it not being there? They would have thought, I'm building this for people to have fun, shopping centers, apartment complexes, building it for generations to come, but now it's abandoned. They had this idea. But what I can tell you, church, is that when you build an altar, that not only are you building it for now, you are building it for an eternal impact. It is not going to go to void. It's not going to go um, to the floor. It's actually going to come out and produce fruit, an eternal impact. We are not building altars just for us in this moment. We are building it for tomorrow. We are building it for the future. Don't build it out of response. Don't create your relationship with God out of response. Build it so that you can have it ready for you for tomorrow. I believe Saul really lost that anointing with God because he didn't actually prioritize what he wanted to do. He didn't prioritize his relationship with the Lord. He didn't prioritize being obedient to the Lord. He was just a little bit selfish. He built that altar that day because he didn't want to lose that. He didn't build it because of the Lord. He used it because he wanted to protect himself. And that's why it's so important, we as believers, as Christians, day to day, we are building an altar. Our relationship with God is just so sacred. An altar, again, as I said, is just another word for our relationship with God. Yes, in the Old Testament, it was physical. It was this this object. I believe when Jesus died in the New Testament and rose again, he took out the objects. The altar is him. And I believe when we actually have a relationship with God and we're spending time with him in the morning and in the night and we're actually investing and putting time into it and sacrificing for it, I believe that it will serve us. But not only that, that we align in his will and his plan and his purpose for us as believers. We are not building it just for us, but we're building it for tomorrow and others. The third one, that third point that I want to leave you this morning is to come back to the altar. To come back to the altar, we need to have an altar in the first place. The thing about life is that when life gets a hold of us, sometimes we need like a stake in the ground, a waypoint to go back to. And I believe that when we have those quiet times with God and we're actually believing for something and we're putting time in our devotion, that is a stake in the ground that we can come back to, refresh ourselves. We can come back to his love and his mercy and his grace. Come back to the altar. Come back to the source. Come back 
to remembrance. Um, a couple of years ago, maybe when I finished high school, um, the first thing I did is, well, not the first thing, obviously, the first thing probably I had a burger and hung out with my friends after I finished school. But I went and studied aviation. I went to um, Swinburne and I was studying aviation to become a pilot. And uh, I did that for a couple of years. And uh, it's funny how God's really shifted my, my direction. And, and now I'm a pastor and I'm loving it. And I'm loving leading people and doing people. Anyways, but um, the thing is, I wasn't always going to be doing what I was doing today. I was going to become a pilot and I studied and I got into university. And one of the things that I've learned in that is this, this phenomena, phenomena called hypoxia. Anyone know what hypoxia is? Maybe some doctors. Yeah. Hypoxia is the absence of oxygen. And it's quite common in the aviation industry because up in the plane, when you lose oxygen, um, you have to actually pump oxygen into the plane, into the cockpit and into the, into the fuselage. And uh, the thing with hypoxia is when you remove oxygen, your, your body cannot function at 100%. Your body, your mind, your whole, whole being needs oxygen to survive. And so when you are oxygen deficient, you actually go into this different state of mind. Your brain doesn't fu function properly. Your body doesn't function properly. And the thing about this is, and they've seen in some videos, um, if you go on YouTube and you search hypoxia with a pilot, you have a look at it, it's very, what's that? In abandoned buildings, that's it. Yeah. Search it up, it's pretty cool. Go on YouTube, YouTube's great. Next generation service, that's what we do. We don't have, we don't watch TV. Who watches Channel 7 anymore? It's YouTube. And what happens is the oxygen is removed and the person in the cockpit doesn't actually realize that the oxygen has been removed. It's not a thing that you realize. It's not physical, like the, there's a smoke machine coming up, or you cannot notice that your body is losing oxygen. And what happens is your mind gets foggy, your, your, your mind and your body doesn't really communicate to each other, and so you're stuck in this holding pattern. And what happens is it gets worse and worse and worse until you pass out. And so what happens when we have to deal with it is that you've got to realize and put your mask on and oxygen comes out. We've got technology now that can, can help that. But I was thinking about this phenomenon. You don't actually realize that oxygen has been removed from your system unless it is too late. It's the same thing with altars. If you don't come back to an altar, if you don't come back to Jesus day to day, Sometimes you don't realize, but you, your brain gets a bit foggy. Peace starts disappearing. Strength starts disappearing. And you don't realize until it is too late. And that's why it's so important to come back all the time. Come back to the altar. Come back to Jesus. And I really feel like in this generation of, of young people, they don't have that. They don't understand that waypoint, that stake in the ground that they can come back to all the time. 
That's why we need to be praying for our young people in this generation, that they get a realization and a revelation of who Jesus is so that they can then come back and their mind is not foggy anymore, that that, that peace that they've been looking for, that they can grab a hold of. It's important that we come back to the altar. Come back to the cross, to the feet of Jesus. Don't lose sight of it. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. If I can get the band up. I love what it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty, 28, 30, and it's not on the screens, but it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and if you will find rest for your, and you will find rest in my souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So no matter what you go through in life, we need to realize that there is an altar that we can always come back to. And it doesn't mean this altar that we always say in front of the stage. An altar is your connection to God. At home in the morning before you wake up, at night, when you come back home, where is your altar church? Can I encourage you this morning, if you take something away from, from this message, take this question away, where is my altar? Have a think about that. Because if we lose sight of our connection back to God, can I tell you it's hard? It gets a bit foggy. Can I tell you, church, and be honest with you, that Sunday morning and Sunday night is not enough? That it needs to happen every day. You need to come back to the feet of Jesus every day. Tell him that you're giving your life back to him. Hear his voice. Listen to his word. Worship him. Because when that happens... And that becomes routine, that becomes life. Then it doesn't become just about us. It actually becomes about God. Don't be like Saul, making altars when he needs it. Can we make an altar just because he is good? Can we make an altar just because he is worthy? Can we just make an altar and come back to him because of what he's done for us? not because of what we want, not because of what we're going through, but because of just Him. Come across this place, why don't you stand? See, altars need to be built. We're not only building it for us, but we're building it for tomorrow. And we need to be coming back to the altar every day, every moment that we have. I remember a couple of years ago, and I shared this story before, I was the youth pastor at Limbrook, and um, we had Pastor Andrew, who was our campus pastor there, great friend, great mentor, great pastor. And suddenly he passed away. And it was really tough for me and our church to go through that. And it was really, really 
difficult. And I just remember reading that scripture verse that I just said before, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love the fact that yes, he was a good man, but I had Jesus that we could come back to. That altar that I created, I had an ability, even though he was sad and he was tough, it was really, really hard. But in amongst it, there was an altar that I built that I had for tomorrow that I was able to come back to. And he gave me rest, he gave me peace, he gave me strength. 